Welcome to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We hope this teaching will encourage you and equip you to live a lifestyle of holiness and intercession. Don't forget James's new book, Life on Fire, is out now. It's our first release from Prayer Storm and it's available on prayerstorm.org. The link is also available in the podcast description. Hey guys, welcome to Life on Fire Sessions. This is uh, episode two. Three? I don't know. It, it's one of the episodes. One of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my name's Jonathan. This is my first time being here on this podcast, but joined today by the amazing Rebecca and James Aladrin, who've been friends for a long time. And uh, yeah, I think, I don't know how many years now. Oh, I don't remember. All I remember is you on your keyboard at the Message Trust, and yeah. that's like probably eight years ago. Yeah, probably something like that. Man, more like 10, right? It could be. I started there when I was 10. I mean, no, when I was 18, <laughs> 10 years ago. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember you from back then. And I mean, you're still an introvert yes. in some ways, Big but time. you, you, you've kind of stepped a bit out more. Mm. You're not as introverted as you were. No. See, you know, I'm an introvert. Did you know that? No. I <laughs> well, now you know. I see a lot of the stuff I do, I'm, I'm trying not to say it's for show, but, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the nature of the way I flow is mm. uh, I would do a lot of public speaking and I do it because I'm called to do it. Mm. But where I get energized is on my own. So mm, I can lock myself in a room for a few days and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like that? Yeah, definitely. This is like yeah. the introvert table. Oh, yeah. The last discussion, mm. we're all extroverts. This time it's the introverts coming together. Yeah. Uh, are you an introvert? You're, yeah. you're, you <laughs> are, but... Some, but I'm some... still a woman, so I still need people. Because, yeah, because... I'm, with, I'm with a baby a lot. Because so. <laughs> I'm like... Sometimes we have conversations and you tell me that, oh, you want to go out. And I, th- I thought you said you liked it indoors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I am enjoying indoors right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we prefer, for like, myself, we can all just sit quietly and email each other. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that could work too. No, but, um, we are here to discuss Life on Fire. It's the new book from James. And um, we're talking about chapter five today. And yeah, this book's actually been like really blessing me a lot. I've been enjoying reading oh, it. Oh, wow. And... In fact, just to caveat, like the whole prayer star movement and you guys in general, like, have had a big impact on like my whole faith journey growing up. Oh, and like, oh, wow. I was very, like, new to everything when I started the message, like, eighteen years old, and yeah, just like being around you guys, like, taught me a lot about prayer and ministry and all this kind of stuff. So, wow, um, always a pleasure to get to hang out and talk about <laughs> stuff. Oh, we love Jonathan. All right, so let's jump into it. So. Um, the first quote I've pulled out, I've actually highlighted your book. I hope that's okay. Like, <laughs> that's okay. Actually, there's, there's some books I read, I like underline lots of things in nice. there. So I can just go back to them yeah. every now and then. Yeah. And then. And then the books that I don't necessarily want to read, mm. but I want to see what the good bits are. I'll just look for the underlined bits. <laughs> Get James to all the best done. parts. Um, but yeah, I really love this quote in uh, page 117, which says, I believe the Lord will pour out his spirit without measure if he finds a people without mixture. Mm. And... I guess particularly we're all kind of people who have done worship leading and ministry in that kind of way. Like, how would you say, like, what does it mean to have mixture in your sound? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. What does it mean to have mixture in your sound? That's a big question. It is a big We're going deep. <laughs> <laughs> he went straight in. Zero to 100. I think, I think it's, it's, it comes from the life that you kind of live, really. Mm. Uh, one of the stories that kind of stands out to me is, you know, the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God being mm. carried into battle. Yeah. And uh, the nation of Israel were kind of of this mindset that, you know, it didn't really matter what the situation was. As long as the Ark of the Covenant shows up, mm. things are going to change. Yeah. Well, there was a situation where the Ark of the Covenant showed up and they, they still got beaten like really bad. In mm. fact, the Ark was captured. And it's, it's just good to look back at that and go, well, why, why did they lose, even though they, they had the ark, which represents mm. the presence of God? Yeah. But one of the things that stands out to me about why they lost that battle, it's not that the ark wasn't powerful, but it's the people that were carrying the ark mm. into the battle. Wow. And, you know, it was the sons of Eli. And if you know the scriptures, the sons of Eli were known for their life, their immoral lifestyle, mm. you know, and these are the people that were carrying that presence mm, yeah. <laughs> leading people with wow. the presence so because because they were not right with god mm. they thought that they could carry the presence of god the way they wanted and they could have the presence of god do 
what they wanted mm. it to do in mm. a certain moment, regardless of the lifestyle right. they were living before. Wow. And God cannot be manipulated mm. to kind of fit our box Mm-hmm. And come how we want him to come, when we want him to come, the yeah. way we want him to come, <laughs> when our lives are not aligned with him. So mm-hmm. I think the mixture thing for me comes with a lifestyle mm-hmm. and how, again, this is that word I use a lot in the book, consecrated mm-hmm. we are to God. And I guess we can unpack this a lot more. But I'd love to hear your yeah. opinions as well. Yeah. Because um, I think sometimes it's almost a hard thing to like detect, but you kind of feel mm-hmm. it in a sense. And like, I don't want to say that like, one worship leaders like <laughs> best than another or whatever. But I I know that I've been in times where I've heard someone sing the same song I've heard someone else sing, <laughs> and suddenly like there's an extra weight to it. And like mm. I remember being uh, hearing Misty Edwards lead worship, and she sang I think it was the Heart of Worship song, like Matt Redman's song. Mm. Um, and like I've led that song myself. I've heard a lot of people do it, and it's a powerful song anyway. But mm. something about when she sang it, I was just like. I'm feeling this way more. Like I was just like in tears hearing it. Like it was the wow. first time all over again. And like, there's something about, it's not just the song. I mean, even yes. that song itself says that, like I'll bring you more than a song. Um, like God's looking into our heart and seeing what's coming out of that. And so I think there's something about the kind of inner life and all that's going on behind the scenes mm. almost comes out in the song sometimes that is not like, you just feel it, I guess, in a way that, it's oh yeah, there, and it's 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 undeniable mm. when someone is singing or leading. Mm. I, I guess in this context, we're talking about worship. It you know the Bible says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, mm. the mouth speaks." Yeah, but this time around, you're singing, so it's the mm. abundance that is in there. The unseen things mm. they they almost have a way of registering in the sound that's coming out. So yeah. if all you've been feeding is lots of uh, immoral things, the junk of the world, meditating on yeah. things of the enemy, mm. that's going to register in the sound. People may not be able yeah. to say, well, you've been doing this, but mm-hmm. it's going to have a coloration, for lack of a better way, in w- for yeah. lack of a w- better way of putting it, in what you're singing. Mm. And that's a mixture that's not yeah. going to have the impact that God wants to have through you. Yeah, mm. when, when I've noticed so many times when people sing, you can feel the tolerated flesh mm. in their life through the sound. I have led worship, and, it, and you can tell it even more when you lead worship with someone. You can mm-hmm. feel in someone's voice. I, I remember leading worship this one time, and I was leading worship with with another lady who had tolerated jealousy in their life. And mm-hmm. it was something that I had noticed a lot, something I'd been on the brunt end of. And, mm. and uh, I remember it was one of the few times in worship that I just couldn't get the breakthrough because the mm. unity on the stage was broken yeah. on the platform. Yeah. I just couldn't carry the unity and and the pastor came the pastor came to me and he goes Becky I'm not feeling it is that the song I Mm -hmm. I just there is no connection in the room Mm. and I said I said there is no unity on the stage I can I can sing any song right now but I I just can't carry it because there is mixture in the sound that we're giving out I can't Mm. carry a room like this Mm. yeah so so I guess the mixture is not just in terms of the lifestyle of me just having a right life of God it's also how I'm relating with people Mm. like if we're in a band together and I've got envy in my heart towards you I've got just like Rebecca said jealousy in my heart towards you that Mm. is a mixture Mm. (laughs) and there's there is no way we're going to be able to release a pure sound to heaven Mm. because we we can deceive each other with nice words and all kinds of things that's just external but deep down God can see that and so that worship is not pure going up Mm. I think yeah it reminds me of I don't remember where it is exactly but when it talks about um, bringing a sacrifice it's like if you've got an issue with like a brother like Mm. go and resolve that before you come and bring the (laughs) sacrifice it's like I guess it's that mixture of heart almost and um Thinking about the the verse that talks about you honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. Yes, yes, yes. I was just thinking about that as well. mm. It's so powerful because when you even break that concept down, you see all that through scripture and Psalms where it says, um, may the words of my mouth and the Mm. meditations of my heart be acceptable. So what that actually says is you could speak words, but your heart could be saying something else. Mm. So when you speak, it's not just the words that you're yeah. releasing or when you sing, it's not just the sound you're releasing from your mouth mm. that's important. You could have a great voice. What's the sound coming from your heart? Mm. And if there 
both different, then it's a discordant sound <laughs> that's coming from your person. Yeah, and yeah. that's not, well, that's a mixture. That's not mm-hmm. going to have the breakthrough or that's not going to have the impact mm. it's meant to have. So that's so key. That heart alignment with God mm-hmm. and with each other, mm. I think, so key. Yeah, like James James 3, um, oh, that it's such a powerful, it talks about mixture of, of the power of, of mm. even your words. Yeah. I love, I love actually in, Pro, in Proverbs, I think it's 1821, where it says, um, the power of the tongue, the power of the tongue is life and death. In mm. some versions, it says those who love it will eat the consequences of it, wow. which is scary. And then, and then in James three, where it says, um, fresh water and salt water can't come from the same fountain. Mm. It's just not possible. I remember someone gave this horrible analogy and I'll kind of make it a bit nicer, but, <laughs> but, um, they, they said, if I had a bottle of water right now and I was like, let's say I was to hand you a bottle of water and said, 99% of this water is mm. pure, still delicious water, but yeah. 1% of it is poo. <laughs> 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 or one percent of it is poison. That. Yeah, literally. What would you do? You'd be like, no, it's mm. poison. It's you, not a mixture. You'd yeah, be yeah. like, you'd be like, that's not pure water. That's poo water. Yeah. Or that's that's poison. Yeah. When there's mixture, back. when there's mixture, there's no purity. It doesn't mm. matter if that ninety nine percent is mm. pure. That one percent changes the purity of that water. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, I think purity is quite a key word in it, and it's something that's hard to like define um mm. i don't think we can always go in and be like oh that worship leader is not pure today <laughs> <laughs> that was 99 percent pure but <laughs> didn't feel that song must be you know, the thing is though <laughs> even though you can't always say that mm. there are times where it stands out yeah. so for example when you lead worship jonathan I, I can't think of any time i've heard you lead worship that i don't feel the purity mm. as in <laughs> 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 I feel, and I mean, those watching would be able to make, be able to relate. There, there's mm. a purity that comes from the sound. Mm. Now, that's not to say though that because I don't feel it from anyone else, that means they're not pure. Sure. It, it's just, I'm just saying, it, it, it it's like in my face. It, it mm. impacts. Mm. You know, there's something really key about that, and I don't think that just comes cheap. Mm. I feel there is. Just like you said about Mr. Edwards, there is a life behind that. Mm. There's a story yeah. behind that yeah. impact I'm feeling. There. Yeah. Something's happened to that person. And, and that story isn't necessarily perfection. Mm. Like you can have the most pure-hearted worship leader, but they might have struggles. Mm. And it's not just about are they perfect, are they getting everything right? Many times it's walking in the light with mm. your struggles mm. yeah. and it's not tolerating those impurities mm. and uh, that you're aware of because, you know, that there are there are levels really of, of, of purity and healing within us that actually we, once the Lord sheds light on it, then it's, then it's up to us what we tolerate and what we do not. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's the idea of like the sound of what's coming out of our heart is such an important thing in worship, especially because, I mean, I've been, I've taught a lot of worship training stuff and been to a lot of those things. And so often it's external. It's like, how do we make this sound good? Mm. <laughs> you know, how do we lead the songs well and get the transitions right and all that kind of stuff. But I don't feel like we talk a lot about like what sound is our heart making? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that? come across in what we're leading. You know, that is so true, Jonathan, because the same thing we preach in, Mm. you know, I teach and I preach a lot, and sometimes people think it's all about communication skills. In fact, in our generation, we we, we tend to idolize people that have communication Mm. gifts and Mm. abilities and think because they can say something well, they're a man or woman of God. Mm. No. The fact that you can... You can say things nicely or mm. read a scripture and communicate something nice from that scripture. does not mean you're a man of a woman of God necessarily. Or the fact that you can sing nice mm. and you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that. That's what true. really makes the difference is this. The anointing destroys the yoke. Mm. You can't fake the anointing. Now, no. I know some people think the anointing is goosebumps, but <laughs> newsflash, the anointing is not goosebumps. Now, yeah. you, you might feel 
goosebumps and mm. things like that. But it's not just that. The anointing destroys. The anointing destroys the works of the enemy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so that only happens when you walk in that place of what I call authentic authority. Mm. That's what you can't fake. Yeah. And so those people that want to focus on the nice sound, all they're going to have is a nice sound. They're not mm. going to be chasing out any demons. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be moving any angels. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather be shifting things in the spirit realm than just have a nice sound in the mm. natural that is impressing people. Yeah. You know, I mean, Beyonce has a nice sound. Mm. <laughs> in the yeah. natural, in terms of natural ability, you can name all the worldly artists out mm. there. They've got nice sounds, but they're not breaking chains off of people, setting people free, drawing them closer mm. to God. Yeah. And that's our assignment. Mm. Yeah. It's important to figure out, like you were saying, it's not always like the standard of perfection and you know, we have to be people pursuing the Lord and walking towards that. But for anyone that might be listening thinking, oh no, what if I'm the person with mixture? Like, <laughs> um, like what does that look like in the sense of like, how do we reach that place of purity and like come to that point? What's that kind of process of purifying and being able to like come to a place where we're able to bring that pure offering? That is a lifetime endeavor. It mm-hmm. really is. It's, <laughs> it's like, because you know, if if it wasn't, then we would be born perfect and, and there would be a way to kind of stay perfect. Mm. But but as I've found in my own life, I've found that the Lord will challenge me on things and it's like an invitation mm. to draw closer, to go deeper, to lay aside things of the world that a lot a lot of the time it's stuff that I didn't even think was bad. Mm. That um a lot of the stuff is just flesh stuff and yeah. And, and I find that the, the closer you draw to him, mm. the less you can carry and, yeah. the more, and the more like him that you become. Mm. Mm. I, I think if, if people listen and think, you know, I don't know if I've got a mixture and how do I stay pure and I kind of in that place of insecurity or doubt or feeling maybe convicted even mm. by what we're saying. I think the pathway in addition to what Rebecca has said is, is walking in the light, mm. being a person that has no kind of hidden junk mm. in your wardrobe. Uh, what's that thing that people say? Skeleton, Skeleton in, in your closet. closet. <laughs> in your closet, yeah. yeah. Um, I like to live my life as an open book, mm. I think it's such a freeing thing to be in a place where I'm like, I've got nothing to hide. Mm. You can look through my phone, look where I've got nothing to hide. Mm. I'm not living a double life. And when I do sin, when I do speak in a, not a nice way to my ch- children or my wife, or I do something that I know I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit, I confess it. Mm. I bring it into the light. Or if there's any other thing that's going on that the Holy Spirit's convicted me about, mm. I bring it into the light. Because one thing I've realized is, you know, you can confess your sins to the Lord. Oh, yeah, Lord, I'm sorry. That's good. Mm. But oftentimes, I don't know about you, the enemy can still bring so much condemnation. Mm. And like, well, you did this. How dare you stand here and lead worship? And you just did that. But the point is, if you're just confessing it to God, that voice can be quite strong. But Mm. if you're confessing it to another person Uh and saying, hey... This is this is where I failed, and mm. I know that's wrong, and I'm denouncing that. Mm. I'm 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 breaking my agreement with that, and I'm confessing that to you as I've done to the Lord, mm. because the Bible says, "Confess your sins one to another, mm. that you may be healed." Yeah. So I am so big on that, and so I think the it's not like I'm saying or we're saying really that. To walk in purity, you never ever stumble in sin mm-hmm. or do something that the Holy Spirit is grieved by. But mm. it's how you respond to the thing that you grieve the Holy Spirit in. Yeah. It's not your lifestyle. It's it's something that you stumble in. You get up and get you get back home with your life. For some Christians, it's their lifestyle. They've just lived grieving the Spirit all the time. Mm-hmm. As people who want to live pure. It's like you stumble when you grieve the Holy Spirit and you're quick to mm. repent and get back on track yeah. as opposed to it being your default position, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely good to be quick to repent with that stuff too because sometimes you feel like you have to put yourself in time out. It's like, <laughs> it's like I've been bad, so I can't leave worship right now. <laughs> That's <know>. so true. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just being quick to like confess that and get it out in the open is definitely a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and also... And also um, 
as you're confessing with people and and you're telling people, it's also taking people on that purity journey with mm. you. It's saying to people, actually, the Lord's challenged me on this, and I need to I need to say this, and I want you to hold me accountable to this. Mm. Or the Lord's asked me to lay this down and bring in community into this. And you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be some things that are you know blatant sin that there's like there's like flesh things, there's mm. like you know, sexual immorality, there's jealousy and there's all these different things. But then there's also this consecration that the Lord is calling you to, a deeper level of holiness and purity that, you know, so so Freddie Freddie on the other side of church might be all right Mm -hmm. doing this and that and listening to this and that, but... But for you, the Lord has said, actually, I've, I've called you to something else. I'm mm. calling you to lay this down because actually this is a hindrance to the calling that I have for you. And also mm. in terms of the, the mixture I'm calling you out of mm. in terms to actually have this pure sound. Yeah. Though I really believe that when, like, I remember when, when I, when the Lord asked, when the Lord invited me to give up like my secular music that mm. really was an idol for me. Yeah. I came home. I, in fact, I told James, I wasn't seeing James at the time, but mm. I was just, I, 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 told, I don't actually remember that. I told, I told, <laughs> I told, I told, well, I told my dad first. I told my dad and I, and then I told, I, and you I, told I, me. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. told you, I told you later. <laughs> I told you later. I was just like, I'm so convicted by this. And you're like, that's amazing, Becky. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So what was that like? What was that? moment where you felt convicted with that so well actually actually I remember I was just listening to some song I just thought was innocent Mm -hmm. it was a song about dancing and actually I was at the ramp in America Mm -hmm. and uh, well I was listening to worship first and then this other song came on that wasn't worship and Mm. and um wasn't Christian I can't remember the artist but it was just it was just secular music that I thought was harmless and Mm -hmm. then she turns around and she's like American she's like that's not Jesus music and I'm I'm like inside outwardly i'm going ah and inwardly i'm like what are you trying to say you judgmental person and like all the flesh in me is rising and and like on the outside i'm like oh okay i'll just put another song on and then i'm like inwardly going how dare you and um (laughs) but i remember just just that little thing sometimes Mm. sometimes you know sometimes people really get caught up about oh that was judgy and everything Mm. but actually sometimes there's a bit of truth in some a little hard truth Mm. and so I went back to actually I was staying with her and I kind of went in another room so she didn't see me just freaking out with God like how dare she Lord (laughs) convict me (laughs) but so then I was like Lord Lord I'm so annoyed and but then I just said to Lord I was like Lord is it wrong is it wrong that I listen to secular music? There's mm. nothing on my phone with swearing. <laughs> so I'm like, is it is it wrong? Mm. And the Lord didn't actually say to me, this is wrong and da-da-da. He actually said, he just said to me, am I worthy of giving this up for? Mm. Which And in mm. that moment, how that felt was just like, of course you're worthy, God. Mm. Of course you're worthy. And suddenly the biggest thing now... When I say I was addicted to to music, yeah. like it was my go-to if I felt sad, if I felt happy, mm. if I wasn't singing, I was thinking. If I wasn't thinking, I was listening to music all the time, constantly. I loved it so much. I was in love with music yeah. of all kind. And, um, mm. and I remember in that moment, just one of the greatest loves in my life was so easy to lay aside. Mm. When wow. he asks you of things, he gives you a grace. Mm. And and when you see his worth, it's just it's just like, why not? <laughs> Is it just yeah. the biggest thing that the the day before I could have never laid down, but in his mm. presence, mm. when he speaks to you, it's just like nothing's worth keeping hold of mm. in comparison to his worth. Yeah. Holding on to him. Even even letting go of things so your hands can hold on to him more. Mm-hmm. It's just like nothing else holds that kind of worth. I would so love to hear what your journey is in terms of, has, yeah. have you found the Lord bringing consecration or demands on you over the last few years, even as mm. Rivers and Roberts have grown or maybe before it started? You yeah. know, Because I've naturally heard you talk about this. I don't know, has there been any kind of points in your life where you've had some significant moments? Mm. Yeah, I think I love what you were saying about like, seeing the worth of Jesus, because I think that's often 
like sometimes he calls us to give things up that might not look on paper like this is straight up sinful and everyone should give this up but mm. there's like almost this extra measure of like are you willing to do this like mm. in response to his worth and um i think that's definitely been a journey for me with all different things over the years but yeah i think there was kind of a realization of and it's something you talk about here as well is that like a song is not just a song like it actually affects us inwardly and like affects our spirit and it can actually change something of who we are because we like agree with stuff that's in there and um i think i've just realized that like he's always worth giving more to like i've never mm-hmm. regretted mm. time spent in his presence or like <laughs> i don't think i'll ever get to a point where i'm like oh, i wish i'd spent less time with god this year like <laughs> it's just never gonna happen like, yeah um and yeah i think over the years that's kind of like been my journey i guess is that just realizing more and more of his worth and mm-hmm. like um, you know, even with musical journey, I'd say like when I started out, I saw music as a very like simple on paper thing. Cause mm. I, I like enjoyed the production side of making music. Mm. So to me, I was like, well, I'm not really listening to these lyrics. I just like the way they've mixed the snare drum mm-hmm. here. And like, <laughs> I'm just listening to that aspect of it. But mm. after a while I was like, actually, even though it might, I might be able to justify why I'm listening to this. Like, is it actually helping grow my spirit and like mm. pointing me to Jesus mm, mm, <laughs> or is it pointing me to something else? And mm. um, like, cause a, a song that is actually in worship and like responding to Jesus is not like just powerful because it has clean lyrics. Like <laughs> it's powerful because it's actually like singing of who Jesus is and like mm. doing something within us. And so mm. it's kind of that thing of like, I think when God calls us to some level of consecration, it's not just like, avoid bad things it's mm. like an invitation to something better yeah. like yeah um i think there was a passage i was going to mention in um it's been like one of my favorite verses recently in isaiah 55 um that says come everyone who thirsts come to the waters he who has no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without price why do you spend money for things that is, is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy mm. listen diligent to me to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food and kind of like what you're saying about junk food as well. I always seen it that way. Like junk food is tasty to begin with and mm. then long-term isn't good for you. Um, but if there's someone who's like addicted to eating McDonald's, the solution isn't just to stop eating altogether, but eat better food. <laughs> like, um, and that invitation of Isaiah is like, come and eat something that's good. And like, yeah. Um, yeah, I think just realizing that and like what I'm giving my attention to and like looking at and listening to is like, it's not just about stop listening to music because it's yeah, harmful. Yeah. It's like there's a better alternative, like a superior pleasure in knowing God than just kind of listening to something for fun or whatever. I love that um, you sing mostly just from the scriptures. You mm. listen to music and it's just like, I know that scripture. I know that scripture. It's <laughs> yeah. so well put together. I love it. Can you tell us a bit about the journey about, yeah. you know, you know, why so much the scriptures and, mm-hmm. and why you love that? And and even, do you have any stories of how it's impacted people? Yeah, well, I remember, I think Matt Redman was the first person I noticed did this because I knew, growing up in church, I'm like a pastor's kid, so I think I knew Matt Redman's songs before I knew Bible verses. Wow. <laughs> I, just like, I just heard them growing up in church and mm-hmm. then, you know, as a teenager, I was like, okay, I'm going to read this Bible now and like, <laughs> Finally. Actually, like yeah, let's do it. Genesis 1, let's go. Um, and so many things I read, I'd be like, oh, that's that song that we sing. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize this was a Bible verse. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like those songs actually taught me scripture, like growing mm. up. And um, I think there's something like scripture is so much more than just words. Like mm. it's not just a good book. Like <laughs> it's actually like, living and active and mm. like the words have power and weight. Yeah, and I think, wow. Um, for me, it's like related to, uh, you know, the verse where it talks about like reminding, I think it's in Proverbs, like bind the word on your neck and yeah. like remind yourself of it yeah. all the time and yeah. it, it will like lead you into truth and um for me it's like almost a way of memorizing scripture and like mm-hmm. when there's a truth that i read that kind of jumps off the page and god speaks something to me about it i'm like i'm gonna sing this because it will like embed it yeah. <laughs> like even deeper, deeper and yes. hopefully when someone else listens to it like yes. they connect with that verse and like see what god revealed to me through it and yeah i think it's it's cool because I see new things in it every time as well. Like yeah. My, I think my first album I did with Rivers and Robots, I was trying to be 
really like clever and poetic <laughs> and like write all these lyrics that didn't make much sense but uh <laughs> they kind of like meant something to me but everyone would be like what does that mean i'd be like oh i've got to explain this now oh. um, but they also just meant like one thing and it was very like of a moment and very specific but when i started writing songs from scripture mm. i'd find that like five years later i'd hear someone preach a sermon on like a certain psalm and pull out something i've never heard about yeah. that before yeah and then i was like I already sang that five years ago, but now that song means something else because yeah. wow. I've seen new things in the scripture through it. Yeah. Um, and I just think there's levels of depth in the word that like mm. is different to just words that I might come up with myself. But um, I think there's value in putting your own language to it as well and, yeah. and personalizing it. But yeah, I love to kind of root it in scripture and you know, Absolutely. I think it's something we can all agree on generally in church too <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. I have had times where like I've sang not one of my songs but like I think it was a John Thurlow song um, about the one that's like I know your eyes are like oh, yeah, of fire yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. literally Revelation 1 or whatever it is and I had someone come up to me afterwards and he was like what was that song going on about? It's like, where'd you get those words from? <laughs> I was like, it's the Revelation Bible. Well. It's the Bible. Have you um, read the Bible? <laughs> but I kind of love that because I'm like, if it challenges someone to think of something that's actually in scripture, then yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I like hearing a song that makes me want to get my Bible out and be like, where is that? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an intentional thing and in why I write that way. But Yeah. I think there's interesting things that can be pulled out of it the more we dig into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love... One of my favorite analogies that you talked about here is like this security at the gate of your like eyes oh, and yeah, ears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> was just very helpful for me because like I've heard this idea of like our eye gates and our ear gates, like the things that we let in mm-hmm. through what we watch and listen to. Mm. But I think understanding it as like that kind of maybe you should explain the security <laughs> check. You wrote the book. <laughs> I wrote the book. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll try to explain it. Yeah. I don't think it was a ghost writer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on a serious note, in the book, I did talk about the gates. So, mm. you know, gates are places of entry and exit, mm. a place of influence, really. And scripture, the elders sat at the gates. And mm. so decisions were made at the gates. Whoever mm. wow. had uh, 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 influence at the gate pretty much had authority over that region that wow. that gate was leading to. Mm. And so, you know, the gate is kind of really significant. All through scripture, you see all these, uh, you know, examples and uh, references to, mm. you know, you know, uh, 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 the gates of hell would, mm. would not prevail and, you know, the, about the seed of Abraham, you know, that they will possess the gates of the enemy mm. and things like that. And so when you break that down, there are different ways you can look at that. But um, as humans, we have gates mm-hmm. that lead into the depths of our soul. Mm. And the kind of obvious ones are our eye gates, yeah. you know, our ear gates. Our mouth is a form of a gate, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, you release out of your heart the mm. mouth speaks. Yeah. So what I was trying to identify is what are the key gateways into my heart? Mm. And then I start to just break down how I'm feeling right now is often a secondary consequence of what I've been looking at, mm-hmm. what I've been listening to. Yeah. That affects my emotional well-being. And so mm-hmm. the, the, the illustration I use in the book is about like the, the when you go to the airport, you know, mm. you're about to you know, travel somewhere, you have to check in you have to get rid of all kinds of things and they have very strict guidelines. And you look at, (laughs) yeah, it it really is annoying. I mean, there are times I've lost some expensive, you know, aftershave and it's just so annoying because you forget, you know, while you're packing, you forgot something in your backpack and now it's there and they're like, oh yeah, what's this? Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) And so it's so, so frustrating. And so Mm -hmm. I've been through that many times and if you travel a lot, then you get used to it and Mm -hmm. you kind of pack accordingly and never (laughs) take stuff that you shouldn't take. But the point is really uh, that kind of strict rule kind of came in after 9-11. I mean, mm. it became more intense after 9-11. Yeah. And before 9-11, I, in the book, I kind of highlight how you see plane hijackings. I forgot what the number was now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just, for example, say, say it was 30-something plane hijackings. Yeah. Like after 9-11, it, like every year it just dropped like down to five and down mm. to two and down to zero. And the question now is, when was the last time you heard of a plane being hijacked? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's been a long, long time. And that's because the security 
security at the gates mm. have been heightened. Mm. Wow. And so <laughs> nothing can get on the plane mm. without going through that tough security system. Yeah. So think of the plane as your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Many people have no security at their gates. Mm. And so th- th- that's the concept, really, that if the security system at your eye gate and your ear gate are mm. weak, yeah. then some hijackers are going to get on the plane. Mm. And they're <laughs> going to hijack your mind and your heart to yeah. where it shouldn't go. And the problem is once your mind has been hijacked, it's kind of a challenging to kick them out because mm. <laughs> now they're, they're in charge. And it's wow. a lot of process of trying to uproot those things in the heart. Mm. So it's better to have a high security system yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of get rid of them at that level than when they are down in your heart. Mm. So that's a summary. But read the so book. Good. There's more in there. <laughs> <laughs> Buy the book. Um, yeah, and I love that explanation of like, uh, you described things as being like an infection that eventually begins to control our emotions, decisions, and lifestyle. Wow. And that this is why we need to guard what goes in because in the long run, what goes in ends up shaping how we live. Mm. And I think that explanation is so helpful because I think for a lot of people growing up in church, we often hear like, don't watch those films, don't yeah, listen yeah. to that music. Mm. But it's normally just in a sense of like, that's bad, don't do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no an explanation. Yeah, it's like, well, why? And, and it normally ends up with like curiosity of like, well, they said not to, so. <laughs> I wonder, wonder what it is. And, uh, I remember some like videos, I don't know if you ever saw them called like Learn to Discern, I think they were called, and probably not the best like marketing technique. They would just like <laughs> show some like awful music video and just be like, look how terrible this is. Like, learn to discern. Um, it was pretty intense. But I think when I was reading that, I was like, that really helps understand why that is. Like, um, that it's not just like, you should feel bad because you watched a bad film, but like, that it actually affects all of these things in our life, like our emotions, our decision, our lifestyle, and eventually shapes how we live. Like, Absolutely. I've heard the example of like, identical twins <laughs> born exactly the same time they could be like almost the same person but depending on what they watch and listen to and give their attention to they can become completely different people mm. because wow. like just because of what they've allowed in like affects mm. who they are as people mm. Mm. i've seen that i had friends at school that were twins and like one was like the metalhead kid that only listened to rock music and the other one was like into dance music and electronic stuff. And like oh, wow. Their personalities just shifted <laughs> completely and like wow. kind of in a comic way, but it shows that like just a little thing like what they listened wow. to like affected their lifestyle and who yeah. they were as wow. a person. Um, so yeah, I found that very helpful just to understand that like there's a reason we don't do these things is because it actually mm. affects our inner life. Absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, whenever, whenever like... I remember years ago we used to have Netflix and I'd be like, oh, I want to watch this movie. And then I'd be like, and then I'd look up what's in it, mm-hmm. you know, what's dodging it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, should I? And then and then this this thought would always, I'd always ask myself this question, is it worth compromising my consecration over? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it worked every time. It was, wow. it was like, it was like, no, mm. no, it, it's not, it's not worth it's not worth cons- compromising my consecration, but it's also it's also not worth you know that even distance you feel from Jesus. Just mm-hmm. feeling close to Him mm-hmm. and and feeling like because because when you watch those things, suddenly you feel you feel like this darkness. Mm-hmm. It's like a dark cloud just feels like it comes over you, and you and you don't want to admit that you've seen it to anyone, and you don't want to talk to anyone. But but then the feeling of freedom, mm-hmm. it's just not it's just not worth compromising over. Mm, yeah, mm, mm. that's so true. Yeah, I think even the very simple things that like, like I'll be honest, even like lockdown for me, like last year, mm. at the start of it, I, like first few months, I was just like being a lazy slob. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I think a lot of us were. <laughs> I think just the frustration of like seeing everyone online that had like started taking up baking now and was like, <laughs> and they're like going marathon runs every morning all this stuff and I'm like I, I can barely wake up but like do anything and just like I kind of like let myself off the hook with things and just be like it's all right to just like binge a Netflix show and mm-hmm. you know play some video games and like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it it's just mm-hmm. a bit of a waste of time and then I just found like a couple months into it I just felt sluggish and like mm. just didn't feel good like in yeah, my spirit and yeah. um, in contrast I remember coming back from like a conference like it's probably 2011 that like was one of the most impactful like mm. times of my life and just all day you're like 
hours of worship and teaching and like being around other believers and mm. worshiping together. And I came back just like obsessed with spending time with Jesus mm. to the point where mm. I remember like my parents picking me up in the car from the airport and we were just like driving home and they just had the radio on in the background. They were talking about some football game or something that was on. And I just remember thinking like, that's so pointless. Like <laughs> I like, just don't care about it at all. <laughs> like, wow. and I, like, I, it's like I lost interest in anything yeah. that wasn't just spending time with Jesus. Cause I was yeah. like, I just don't see the point in it. Like what was it doing for me? You know, like, um, and those like months afterwards, it's just any free moment was like, I'll just go to my room and pray for a bit more. And like, yeah. it's just like, all I wanted to do was do that more. And That's I think so good. like that in contrast to like just binging Netflix. Stuff, I know like, that's really where I want to live. That's, mm-hmm. that's where we should want to live Yeah, in that place of constantly yeah. desiring and living a life that is just focused on the things of God. Mm. Now, one of the ways that's good to identify when we've lost that place is lack of hunger. Mm. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's what, true. that's what happens when we feed ourselves and all these other things of the mm-hmm. world, because we're feeding the flesh. And mm. so it's like what you feed grows and yeah. what you starve dies. And because you feed in the flesh, that appetite increases more, mm. but then the spiritual side is diminishing. Yeah. And, you know, in the natural, if you think about it, when you lose your appetite, it's a sign that you're sick mm. yeah. or something is wrong. So when you lose your spiritual appetite mm-hmm. for the word of God, for spending time with God, it's a sign that something is wrong. And mm. oftentimes what's wrong is the flesh is taking over. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's time to kind of like just, you know, take things back and go, okay, well, mm. let's let's say no to the flesh mm. now, whatever that will look like. Yeah. And so coming back to the whole thing about the gates, it's so, so critical that we are aware. Mm. And there are times, you know, I think I, I probably said this in the book that I think this is a famous quote that you can't stop birds from flying over your head, mm-hmm. but you can stop them from building like a nest in your in your head. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there are times where you can't you can't stop you go into the shop certain things are playing songs yeah. about sex and this about that and you, you can't necessarily get away from it because you're <laughs> in the world yeah. Yeah. but you can still be conscious about what you're meditating on mm. about what you choose to focus on it yeah. kind of it, it reminds me of this thing you said years ago if deep is calling unto deep mm. shallow calls unto shallow and, wow. and like what as you're saying you know the more you spend it's so true the more you spend time with jesus the more mm. you're hungry i remember doing a fast years ago and I kept a journal and I and I reread it and it was quite funny <laughs> but there was this one point where I where I said I'm I'm losing the appetites for things that I had before mm. I don't even want to switch on the tv anymore it makes me feel sad and sick mm. things that brought me joy before they don't they don't hold that for me right now mm. everything I'm just hungry for right now is the things of the spirit mm. as you fast and fasting is so powerful for that yeah because because the thing is the more what I love um I love the saying about what you what you feed mm-hmm. thrives and what you mm. starve dies yeah and when you feed the spirit, it grows and the flesh just starts to die. Mm-hmm. But when you feed the flesh, it's suddenly like, I don't, for example, you become desensitized to the things of the spirit. Mm. You start to find church boring. Yeah. <laughs> you start to find prayer boring. The more you spend time in prayer, the more you see him, the more you love him, the more you know him, the mm. more you see him, the more you love him. And <laughs> yeah. and it's just and it just goes on like that. Whereas mm. when when you th- feed on the things of the flesh, it's like McDonald's. You mm. get addicted. You feel miserable in it, but <laughs> nothing. You don't want anything else. Everything else feels boring mm. and broccoli and blah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I heard a preacher describe like modern culture as becoming more like a buffet where it's like um, <laughs> rather than... Pick and choose. Yeah, and it's just yeah. so... Everything's like bite size. Like even social media, it's mm. just like a constant feed of like 10 seconds of just something. Mm. And so it doesn't even feel like a significant like, oh, I've just done some major sin. Or, you know, it's like I've just buffet snacked at like 100 10-second videos that mm. have like gradually dulled my hunger to actually wow. want like a real meal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But. I, I, you know, even as you're saying, I'm just thinking back to where we started about worship mm-hmm. and leading worship. If you as the worship leader are dull in your heart, how mm-hmm. are you going to be used by God to stir up hunger in other people? Yeah. Is it possible that even sometimes in our worship culture, like as leaders, 
if we ourselves are not living in a place of hunger, mm. what we're doing is nowhere going to be inspiring fire. I think it was Leonard Ravenel that said, fire begets fire. Mm. So if it's not burning in you, don't expect anything to be burning in them. Yeah. If you're just sounding nice and it sounds like a cool song and all that mm. stuff, well, that's as far as it's going to go. Yeah. No lives are really going to be changed. Yeah. You know, so it, it's so it's so important what we're letting into our hearts or letting into our world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the big kind of buzzwords at the moment, I guess, is like authenticity. And like mm. a lot of people are looking for something authentic. But I think when it comes to like the worship leading side, um, it's that idea of like the private life reflecting mm-hmm. what is actually happening on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was always a thing like with our band too. It was always one of the principles we had of like never be anything on stage that we're not off stage. Yeah. Like, if our only time in worship is when we're on leading other people <laughs> and we're not like doing it at home, like we're not really bringing an authentic yeah. expression. And um, how important do you think it is like that kind of private life side? And maybe even share what that looks like for you guys. Like, yeah. cause you do a lot of upfront ministry too, yeah. but like what's the kind of private life side and how important is that to you? Both? Oh, <laughs> for me, it's everything. Mm. It's absolutely everything. I have lots of friends in ministry. I'm around a lot of men. When I say ministry, I mean like platform kind of, you know, speaking, teaching, prophesying, all the stuff that people see on stage. So I'm not limiting ministry to that, but that's what I'm trying to say. Have lots of friends. And I also meet people that it seems like there is a real um, obsession Mm. with just being on the stage, Mm -hmm. being invited to this place, being, having this opportunity. And, you know, I, I don't want to be there. In fact, I never came into doing this with that obsession. I mm. stumbled into this. And my passion has never been because I want to get a stage. Mm. It's been because I want to seek God. And so I often say the biggest stage you have is the, is the secret place. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether you're on a, in a stadium singing or speaking to 70,000 or 700,000 uh, or you're speaking to 70 people. Mm. The secret place is way bigger than that. Mm. And, you know, the, the audience with God is far greater than that. And so I often, the way I kind of live my life is I don't pray because I'm about to preach. Mm-hmm. I don't read the Bible because I've got a speaking engagement coming up <laughs> and I need a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read the Bible and I pray regardless. So mm. I don't preach because I don't pray because I'm about to preach. I preach because I pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the same way for a worship leader, you shouldn't be leading worship. You shouldn't. You shouldn't get. You shouldn't be praying mm. or reading your Bible just because you're about to minister on the stage. Mm. That should be your daily life, your time with God. Yeah. And then out of that, ministry will come. A lot of the things I preach come from things that God's saying to me on my own with God. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm spending time with God so that I'll get things to say when <laughs> I have another opportunity. Yeah. I'm. I'm just doing it because I need it for me. Okay, yeah. forget about any speaking engagement. If I sometimes I said to Rebecca, right now, I'll just be happy just locked up in a mountain somewhere by myself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not having to speak or preach because I just want to be alone with God because mm-hmm. I love that aspect. But I know that that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called mm-hmm. to preach and teach. But it's so easy when you mm-hmm. do stuff like what we do. Yeah to get distracted yeah. by the platform oh, and almost stra- start to measure how well you're doing with God by how mm. big the platform is, which so is so dangerous, so dangerous. And if you're a preacher, a singer, a worship leader, someone in ministry, business kind of, you know, maybe you, you, you have to live with that awareness that it's easy for you to fall mm. into that mm. deception. Yeah. But also make the plan, make, make the, be, be um, proactive mm. on how you invest in your time with God. So for me, I need to spend time in prayer. I need to spend time with God because it's good for me, mm-hmm. not because I'm about to preach. Yeah. So, you know, even when we go on holiday, I need to have my time with God. Even mm-hmm. though I know I'm not preaching, it's not about any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it, It's a core value for us. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do you want to say anything on that? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think an aim for me just constantly is always, always to be more in private, with the Lord than I am in public with mm. other people. I like, I like my reality to be so much, so much bigger than my reputation with mm. Him. Yeah, you mean your reputation of, with other people? Sorry, yeah. reputation <laughs> with other people. Yeah, I want, I, I really want my reputation. My reputation, it, it doesn't really matter. It's the reality that really matters with mm-hmm. Him. Yeah. and and you know probably lots of mums are watching this and you're kind of like, 
I'm really struggling. Um, I, I feel like I just have no time at all. And, and I, I find juggling a job, juggling being a mom and so many different things to different people. I find that, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just love is worth fighting for and every day is a fight. Mm. And sometimes it's just being in the bathroom away from kids for two minutes and just being like, some of the most precious times I've had with him has just been a few moments in the bathroom or, mm. or I, I remember just, just being like, Lord, I just want you. I just need you, Lord. Mm. And just having those moments with him, grabbing every moment that you can because yeah. that every single season is going to look different in your life, no mm. matter who you are, whether you're mom, dad, single, whatever. But it's the constant pursuit, the constant fight for for love mm. and to really pursue after him and go after him with every day, making plans every day. I love what James says said, said to many of us over the years. He said, it's better to hit 80% of a goal than 100% of no goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, so and sometimes every day you just have to make a different goal mm. and just go after hitting. Even if it's 10% for that day, it's like, it's like worth it. He's worth the pursuit and mm. going after him. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I love um, what you're sharing about the platform too, because I think I don't think anyone really starts out as a worship leader or you know in any kind of ministry thinking I just want to like be a big superstar. <laughs> like, I think it's I like be a sinking superstar. You'd be surprised. Some people probably do. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, thinking of that. What's that charity church mouse? What's that thing? Something oh, super... salty the singing songbook. Oh, yeah. Something about kids phrases. Yeah, there was that. There was that line. From I'm that... gonna be a gospel we'll singing yeah, star. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, maybe some do. <laughs> Singing mice do. <laughs> yeah, we've got to pray for the mice. Please. But um, I think there's, like, so often it starts in such a pure way. It's like, mm. I just want to sing to Jesus because mm. it's what I love to do. And then as things grow, there's so many opportunities to do things for the wrong reason. And it, like, mm. I think it was Jeremy Riddle said that, like, um, popularity is one of the fastest ways to kill purity. Wow. Because, <laughs> <Wow>. like... <laughs> I, know, right? I had to take a minute after Oh, wow. One. But, like, there's just so many more opportunities. That's this, so like, true. Even as you, as you just said that, I'm, I'm just having flashes in my mind of soul. Right. But finish that point. Yeah. But, yeah. but, like, if I'm being honest, like, that's been one of my biggest struggles as a worship leader is wow. having it become popular mm. <laughs> and, like, have more people listening to the songs and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff because, like, there's just so many reasons to do things for the wrong reason mm. and so many distractions and I find that you want to like I've prayed that similar thing about like the Himalayas just like <laughs> just like give me a room somewhere with a piano and I'll just sit there and sing I don't need any people <laughs> um, but like having to maintain that while the platform is growing and like mm. all this kind of attentions around it and so many people then look at that and be like I want that platform or mm-hmm. I want people to hear that like I'm often getting people who write to me and say like, how do I get to a point where people are listening <laughs> to my songs and you're doing all this stuff, you know, like, how can I get my songs heard by more people? And I think, you know, I can understand the discouragement of writing a song and nobody hears it. And mm. like, that's very real. But like, when you realize the platform you have with God, like, mm. that changes everything. There's like, there's no bigger platform than having Absolutely. God hear your songs. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Um, you're like you can't top that. You've already peaked at yeah. you in your room just singing to Jesus. And <laughs> like, that is so important. And mm. that is such a deep revelation mm. that it has to be real. See, it's, it sounds good when you're hearing it. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but until it goes deep in you, mm-hmm. it, you don't really get it. it, yeah. it and the rubber hits the road when you start to feel the impact of what you may call failure. Because mm. I often refer to a question the Lord asked me years ago saying, James, are you okay to do what I've called you to do, even if you look like a failure in the eyes of people you're mm. trying to impress? Wow. So how do you answer that question? Well, you don't, because it's actually pointing to something in your heart that needs realigning. Mm. Because you want to impress people, you want to be popular, you want to be famous, you want to, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Mm. And you can desire that so much it becomes an idol and mm. you lose sight of the main thing and when you wow. were saying all the stuff about what Jeremy Riddle said about popularity mm. what is it one of the fastest way to lose purity yeah. that is so profound but also hits me when I think about soul mm. wow. you know how soul started it was a nobody it was
was like, you know, he was even hiding. Mm. He didn't want to be made king, Sam right. appeared like that. But yeah. he was kind of pulled out from where he was hiding. And that's a picture of his humility in that time. Mm. And now he's exalted in this position of influence. Mm. And then fast forward some years later, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the prophet gave him an, uh, an instruction mm. and he, in a moment of pressure, look at what happened in a moment of pressure. The people were, uh, the people that he was wanting to influence, mm-hmm. the people he was wanting more influence, those people were scattering from him. Mm-hmm. So he was losing influence, yeah. but then the enemy was gathering. Mm-hmm. So his wow. people were scattering, the enemy was gathering. Under pressure, he gives in to wanting to win the influence of his people. Mm-hmm. So he went ahead and did what he didn't, he shouldn't have done, and he lost the kingdom mm-hmm. based on. But there were other things going on. The state of his heart. Wow. And the motivation was popularity and influence with if after he sinned, mm-hmm. you know, he even said to what's the name of the prophet? Samuel. He said, yeah. he said, you know, something about uh, Samuel walking out with him mm. so that basically he would look good in yeah. front of the people. <laughs> uh-huh. So he wasn't it, it wasn't so much remorseful about the fact that he sinned against God. Mm. It was about, I just want to look good. That, that's the whole popularity thing that yeah. in our generation, number of Instagram followers you have, it's all about looking good and mm. all that stuff. And in fact, I was speaking to a, a well-known preacher recently and he was just making a point that he was like saying, you know, there's people he's met that have got masses of following, you know, online. But when he's met them in person, he's been very disappointed because mm-hmm. he's, he's seen that they've lacked any kind of spiritual weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all been just like a facade online. Yeah. And it's so easy to just build that platform. And yeah. I'm saying, look, God, if you're not giving me the platform, I don't want it. Mm. Yeah. So if you're out there, you're like, well, I want my songs to be heard by millions. Maybe God is not ready to give you that platform mm. because you're not ready for it because that platform will destroy you if you're not yeah. ready for it. Take your track. So I'm like, God, if you don't want to give me the influence, I don't want it. Mm. The influence you want to give me is the influence I'm going to have. If yeah. you're not giving me the microphone to preach, I'm not going to take it. Some of you are so craving the microphone. You want to stand for the platform. <laughs> well, I'm like, God, if you don't give it to me, I don't want it because mm-hmm. I don't want this microphone and, you know, it comes with its own problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so if God is not giving it to you, you better not desire it. Mm-hmm. And so that has been such a core thing for me. And oftentimes, even I have conversations with Rebecca and we have to realign our hearts to that core mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. This is about being, you know, uh, pursuing God, you know, the, having that platform where it's our biggest platform is before God, being obedient, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if we look like a failure to people, as long as we're pleasing God, doing mm. what he wants us to do. That's the big thing. Even if we have two followers, yeah. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, so true. Yeah. It's like the difference between leading worship in front of loads of people and mm-hmm. leading worship just in the throne room. Mm. Like when, like yeah. many times when I'm just at home and worshiping, I just picture myself just in the throne room and God on the throne. And it's mm. just, it's just so impacting mm. just even visualizing it. Not everyone's very visual, but I, I find that I'm very visual and, but just even those moments with him in his throne mm. room, just leading worship before him. It's just, there is no crowd that can make you feel the way that you feel in the throne yeah, room. That's mm. so true. Mm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of things just make more sense in the throne room. Like, <laughs> like just like, it puts everything in perspective, doesn't absolutely. it? Like, you see God like enthroned, like his glory and everyone around him. Like, you're not going to be there like, well, I've got quite a few Instagram followers. Actually, so no, no. Kind of a big deal. Like, <laughs> Like, like a gazillion angels over there. I have ten followers on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I did have a viral video. <laughs> like, oh. it's just such a perspective change of like realizing. I mean, like, I feel like ego and pride just can't exist when you're like, absolutely in God's presence, like actually worshiping. Um, but yeah, I'd love to kind of like kind of loop round to what we were saying earlier about the security gates thing again. But mm-hmm. um, I actually highlighted one of the parts from your prayer at the end of the chapter. Mm. Um, You're talking about uh, every seed of perversion, deception, and pollution planted in my heart by the enemy, I command to be completely uprooted and destroyed in Jesus' name. Mm. Um, And I just, I liked the word uprooted in there. It got me thinking of like, Mm. I mean, thinking a lot of the heart being like a garden and like, Mm. there's like the parable Jesus tells of the seed, right? Like the seed's the word of God and if it lands on the good soil then it can grow and bear good fruit. But, like that same principle, I guess, applies to the things that we let into our life too, of like, there are weeds that can grow in our life and bear fruit. And, you know, I don't feel like people purposely go around planting weeds in their garden, but Mm. like, 
you may notice that there's things that have come in and have like taken hold and that process of like uprooting <laughs> those things that shouldn't be there and mm. kind of I guess allowing God to be like the gardener <laughs> in mm. our lives and come in and be like okay this is what I want to grow this is what I want to take out um, and I guess that's part of that process of purification and like trying to be these people without mixture is that we allow the Lord in to do that work um, and I just love the way you like prayed that in the end of like, oh, yeah. like kind of asking Jesus to come and do that absolutely us, like, it's something it. I pray oftentimes you know because mm. The fact that I am pursuing purity, we're pursuing purity, does not mean I don't notice things in my heart that need a protein. Mm. It's not like I've arrived somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm on a journey. I like the idea that Jesus is the way, but you don't get on the way and arrive. You never arrive with Jesus. Mm. (laughs) You're you're always on that way, discovering more. So you never get to a place where you're like, hey, guess what? I've arrived in God. You you never do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so I am on that journey, and Mm. as I'm discovering stuff, just as you've said, in fact, lately I've actually been meditating the whole concept of the heart being a garden mm. as well. You know, you know how obviously in the Garden of Eden, all that, the idea and the fact that our heart is a really sacred place. It's like yeah. the Holy of Holies, mm. you know, and, wow. and what happens in there is so key. And so there are times where things can get into your heart you don't even know is there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a reaction, a situation would, a situation would trigger a reaction and you may be surprised by the reaction, mm. yeah. but the reaction is a fruit of something that was sown in there. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then you have to do self-evaluation mm. and say, Lord, what was that about? And oftentimes I don't think people do that. People just go, yeah, Lord, I'm sorry, and move on. Mm. Well, well, where did that come from? Mm. Listen, you don't actually know yourself as much as you think you do. I don't True. know myself as much. So it's like, where did that come from? Oh, my goodness. Does that mean I'm actually living in such competition mm. and envy? And I had no idea. Well, wow. what, what, what sowed that seed? Mm. Oh, maybe I saw something some weeks ago and I felt a certain way, like maybe I was mm. a failure or whatever, yeah. and I didn't deal with that emotion at that time, mm-hmm. but I just moved on. Mm-hmm. That was a seed planted mm. and then manifested two months down the line as some right. weird reaction. And now I might end up dealing with that reaction, but not dealing with the roots. Mm. So it's like, okay, Jesus, yeah. here I am. <laughs> Uproot <laughs> that thing, the insecurity, yeah. the, the sense of wanting to feel like I'm a success, whatever it might be for you. Mm. This is how I'm kind of, I, I will examine myself before God, as opposed to just making it surface. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lord, I'm sorry that blah, blah, blah. Almost just, well, where did that come from? Mm. And so allowing the Lord to approach it. And this is the thing. The uprooting process is not always fun because mm. it, 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 you know, when you uproot something, there's lots of displacement of soil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it could feel painful on the flesh mm. when God is pointing to those deep areas of your heart. But yeah. it is so, so, so freeing mm-hmm. and so necessary. When you come to that place of admitting before God those fleshly things, those selfish things, whatever mm. they are, and he begins to point them out and you're inviting him to uproot them. Mm-hmm. And it's taken out. It's such a frame place to be. So mm. that's where I want, want to always be anyway. Yeah. No, I love that. I guess it's a process of just continually doing that the more we go, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's like, I love that idea yeah. of like, I've heard people say what you behold, you become. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> what you're like looking at and aiming at. It's like um, I heard somebody say the highest form of worship is imitation it's like wow to look wow. at something and be like i want to wow. be like that wow. <laughs> and wow. it's like but we look at jesus and be like i want to be like him wow. <laughs> and then allow him to like do that process it us throughout it's like he actually transforms us into more of his likeness mm-hmm. over time so i guess that's where we want to be <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah but why don't we pray that for those watching so father we just thank you that uh this is not by our power. Uh, we're not trying to just work mm. this out in our own, in our own ability, mm. but you've given us your Holy Spirit, mm. and we're acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're acknowledging your conviction. We're acknowledging the things you're exposing yeah. right now. And Lord, we agree with you, and we denounce the flesh, we denounce self, mm. idolatry, yeah. jealousy, lust, envy, whatever are the works of the flesh that we've entertained or that has just hidden mm. somewhere around in our lives, our hearts. Lord, we ask that your light exposes them right now yeah. as mm. we choose to not have mixture 
in our lives mm-hmm. as leaders, worship leaders, parents, teachers, single people, married people, whatever the context, we refuse the life of mixture mm-hmm. and we choose that place where we would be pure before you 100% mm-hmm. so that you can pour out your spirit uh, mm-hmm. through us uh, mm-hmm. to impact the world. And Lord, have mm-hmm. your way, even as we journey, we ask that you would highlight these things to us whenever they come up, the weeds, mm-hmm. that they're quick to be uprooted in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, would you purify our hearts, God? Mm. As you've pointed things out, I believe that you've been showing us things during this and and will continue to. Lord, I pray that you soften our hearts. Mm. Give us boldness to be able to accept these things, Lord, Um, that the things that you're pointing out to us that we're able to not tolerate them anymore, Lord. I just Mm. pray for a boldness that we're able to even approach even our accountability, our Mm. community, and walk through new levels of purity and holiness with you and with your church, Lord. Mm. Mm. God, we want to please you with our hearts, with our minds, with our lives, Lord. I pray, Mm. God, you even begin showing us, Lord, things that we've been letting through our gates, Lord, where Mm. we've been unwise, where we haven't been where we've been ignorant to the enemy's devices in our lives, Lord. Would you shine a light on that right now? In mm. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, I'm just going to pray the prayer from the end of this book because I love it. But Heavenly Father, I confess that I've allowed the enemy easy access to my heart by not being vigilant about what I've allowed in through my eye gate and my ear gate. And Lord, I'm sorry for this. Forgive me for my sinful actions. I rededicate my eyes, my ears, and my mouth to you. Every seed of perversion, deception, and pollution planted in my heart by the enemy, I command to be completely uprooted and destroyed in Jesus' name. I break off the influence of the enemy over my eyes, ears, and mouth. Holy Spirit, help me to have a higher level of security at my gates. Help me to be vigilant, sensitive, discerning, and not ignorant to the devices of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can you just write all my prayers? That that sounded really good. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening like, oh, that's a good prayer. I'm I'm feeling stirred right now. (laughs) Awesome, guys. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We really enjoyed just talking together. And yeah, if you enjoyed what we've been sharing, you might want to check out Life on Fire. I know I've been loving this book. It's been really speaking to me a lot. So highly recommend it. Um, It's available on Amazon. It's on Kindle as well, right? Yeah. uh, Pressed on website, all the usual places. So Make sure you check that out if you enjoyed this. And uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Prayer Storm podcast. We hope this teaching has encouraged you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word. Find us on YouTube as well. We put up regular teachings and worship sessions and prayer nights on there. Don't forget James's new book, Life on Fire, at prayerstorm.org. The link is also in the description.